Shri Gauri Vaishnavur Parampara ki jai. Shri Shri Dauji Gopal ki jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi. Continue our discussion of the Brahma Yohan Leela, the twelfth chapter uh, is divided into three sections. And that chapter is where the uh, Brahma Mohan Leela begins. We've heard the first two sections of that, um, and we come to the third today. First section to reiterate. Um, is a beautiful description of the uh, nature of uh, Krishna's uh, relationship with his friends and some nice uh, examples have been given and uh, and Sukadeva was very much as we know as you may recall overwhelmed by hearing about that and uh, he kind of raised the rhetorical question how, how can they possibly what could they have done? What beautiful thing could they have done to attain such a beautiful thing? It's not possible by Vaidhi Bhagdi, by Yoga, by Gyan, um, by being an ordinary person either. So it's a special thing of its own category. And as I explained, well, sadhana and sadhya, they have to have a correspondence. The practice has to correspond with the goal. The goal is very beautiful and super transcendental beyond by Kunta, as it is in, in the sense that, well, here are devotees interacting with Bhagavan in ways that are not possible in Vaikuntha. So, what's that? Hmm? Where, where is that, so to speak? So, you know, that is, that is the idea of Goloka and the Panchamapurusharta, the fifth goal of life, Prem Prayojan, beyond Mukti, Gopala, Triyatita, the fifth goal of life, if you will, fifth dimension. And the beautiful means that correspond to that beautiful end is the uh, rag bhakti taught by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In, in this case, there's there's two uh, principal forms of rag bhakti uh, given by Rupa Goswami, sambandhanuga and kamanuga. They correspond with what's called sambandarupa and kamarupa. Sambandarupa and kamarupa refers to the eternal associates of Krishna who are engaged in in uh, uh, bhakti rasa with him, those who are in vatsalya, parental love, dasya, servile love, and sakya, fraternal love, they're called sambanda, sambanda rupa, the form of sambanda. Hmm? Here, sambanda means relationship. Relationship means well. If you're somebody's parent, you have a relationship with them. If you're somebody's friend, you have a relationship with them. If you're somebody's teacher or the student of someone, and then or like Juan, has a, has a servile uh, position here, and we all do, but uh, then uh, that's a particular relationship. So. That's what Sambandhanugu covers. That's presided over by Balaram. 
any of the other category, kamarupa. And kamarupa means, well, it's one way to understand it is by comparison. The kamarupa is that interaction that's not based on a relationship that um, is within the social system, let's say. Mm-hmm. Kama means like uh, just desire, and sometimes it's described as lust. So to have a relationship based on lust would be outside of what is socially uh, acceptable in the Vedic social system. And to some extent, that's, that's true in all societies, uh, e- even today. Right, so if you're married to someone, doesn't matter if you're a devotee or a non-devotee or an atheist. There's usually, in most uh, relationships, a sense that we, you know, we belong to one another, we've committed to one another, and if out of lust, the partner one or the other is found to have violated that kind of commitment, a sacred commitment, bond, and so forth, well, it's thought to be inappropriate. It's grounds for a divorce. Uh, it's uh, it could get you, you know, lose your job or, you know, lose your your uh, s- s- political standing in the eyes of others and so on. So, that's a, not s- something that's out of, uh, unrelated to the societal norms in which we live. Um, obviously, things have become more liberal in the, along those lines, but nonetheless, that there's a still a strong sense of this and what to speak of then in the Vedic uh, society times of yore hmm, uh, hundreds and thousands of years ago it was true in western countries you know as, as well uh, so kamanuga means well there kamarupa the, f- the form of kam there, so it's outside of what's a uh, allowable if you will, acceptable, socially acceptable relationship. That's the gopi's love. It looks like calm, of course, it's prem. Mm-hmm. So calm and prem, they, they look similar, but they're like a different as night and day. Mm-hmm. The motivation behind them is entirely different. Uh, bhakti, prem, love, tries tends to hide itself. That's why we're told if we want to understand the Bhagavatam, we have to pay very close attention. Mm-hmm and listen r- regularly with good association, otherwise it would be, be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. We'll see Sukadeva is concerned here as he explains even this Leela to a Pariksit Maharaj that uh, it will be properly un- understood. We'll just speak of the romantic affairs of Krishna. Mm-hmm. So then Sambandhanuga is that following in the footsteps of those examples of Sambandharupa and Kamanuga Kamanuga is a form of Raganuga that follows the gopis' love for Krishna. Mm-hmm. Now here we're dealing with a form of Sambandha, the Sakya form of Sambandhanuga. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that Baladev presides over the Sambandhanuga, and, and I think I've mentioned earlier, or at other times, that his the composition of his bhava mm-hmm, is Sakya, that is bundled together with a little bit of Dasya and a little bit of uh, Vatsalya. So it's very appropriate then for him to preside over all three. 
sometimes he shows, and we'll see it in this chapter, the end of this uh, this chapter, he shows uh, that um, dasya bhakti for for Krishna. It's an aspect of his sakyabhav. In other chapters, he shows uh, also the um, Vatsalya as the older brother. Hmm. Uh, there's a, it's worth noting, as we just talk about it in general, that in that Balaram's Sakya really defines him, and he is fully, if you will, Balaram in Braj. When he goes as Mahasankarshan, Mool Sankarshan, expansion of Balaram with Vasudev Krishna, the expansion of Krishna in Braj, to Mathura for that metropolitan Leela and from there to the celestial Leela in Dwarka, hmm, then the equation shifts and the Dasya Bhakti aspect of Balaram's what's called Sankulbhav hmm, is, is prominent. Hmm. But at any rate, he presides over that side and we, we can look at Radha presiding over Kamanuga Bhakti. Hmm. So, um, so this is the wonderful and beautiful path, if you will, that corresponds with the beautiful uh, uh, nature of the intimate dealings between Krishna and his associates in the secret uh, Sweta Dweep, like a private island. Hmm. Dweepa means island. That is Goloka. That is a private, so not unknown even in Vaikuntha. Knowing about it in Vaikuntha will be a problem for the Bhava of Vaikuntha. Hmm. They have to look at Narayan as in a certain way and to think that he's like that and, and, and other than he might show that as for a moment or something for fun on his own part, but there's a whole realm and it, this is problematic for them. So we're back to this Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam. Our emphasis for our purposes, it's not something that can be emphasized for those devotees who pursue the majestic love reverential love of God. So, anyway, then we turn to the second part to review of the chapter, which was about the um, liberation of Agasura. And I, I think it's important to speak of it like this. We can, we can say Krishna killed Agasura, Krishna killed Putana, Krishna killed Bakasura, or more appropriately say Krishna gave liberation to this one, this one, and this one. And this is a special quality of Krishna. Hmm. With regard to the point of Siddhanta that comes out so clearly in this, these chapters, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, Krishna the source of all forms of divinity. Hmm. Um, Jiva Goswami raises a point in his Krishna Sandarbha, which is all about that, that point, that statement. Hmm. Um, and many points, but one of them uh, relevant here to it for the discussion is that only Krishna amongst all the different avatars of Narayan hmm, upon dealing with the adharmic some adharmic aspect in this world hmm, and that involves well comprehensively dealing with the problem and doing away with it only when Krishna does it does that uh, offender or uh, opposing character, uh, the bad guy, hmm, get liberation. 
So if Ram deals with him, or Narasimha, or another one, Jiva Goswami throws in the Krishna Sandarbha, only when Krishna does this, does the demon get liberation. So it's a special quality of his. He uses this as just one more point. See, he's special, he's unique. He has a power that exceeds others, a generosity that exceeds others, hmm? such as his nature. So it's more appropriate to speak about the liberation of Agasur, which is what uh, we what we heard in the second part and how it astounded Sukadev, it astounded the demigods. Such a commotion was created in the heavens because here there are these pious heavenly denizens, if you will, looking in on the scene, as is described, and they don't have liberation. Then here comes Agasura, who's not only sinful, but he's an offender to Bhakti at the same time, and intentionally so, right? Because he intended to, to kill Krishna and his friends, and then by that take the life out of all of, all of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. He, as you know, we've heard, had this extra added impetus to carry out his plan above and beyond the fact that Kamsa expected that of him, requested that of him. That being that, well, Bhutana was his sister, Baka was his brother. So that was an extra. So he, 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 you couldn't find a. Uh, it'd be hard to find a person who's was offensive, and offense being measured by the degree of intention. Hmm? His intention being double the others, if you will, primary such. Uh, henchmen figures, uh, henchmen of Kamsa, um, and he got liberation. So the heavens are like, what the heck is going on here? And then they know how rare it is. They haven't got it. And here this fellow's been given it. And so there's a commotion in the heavens, and Brahma takes notice, and unseen by others, he comes on a swan, and that ends that second section. He's just, it's just, we've just been told that he's, he's coming in on the scene. Now there's a background of this, of course, that Krishna's accomplishing many, many things at once. So one of the things that he's accomplishing here is he's bringing his devotee, Brahma, hmm, his initiated disciple. At the dawn of creation, he initiated him. Hmm. He gave him impressions for Sakurasa. Now what that all means, what the implications of that, he's bringing him in for some siksha and to introduce him to all that he needs to be introduced to hmm, to understand the implications of what he's got been the impressions he received what um, what the trajectory hmm, of his uh, practice will will result in uh, so we come to the third part it's a short part of the section carries a little bit over into the first part first couple verses of the next chapter, and that is Parikshit's further inquiry. Now you may recall that as we began this discussion of the twelfth uh, chapter, that we referred to the last verse of the eleventh chapter. In the eleventh chapter we heard a little bit about this liberation of uh, Vatsasura, the calf disguised 
demon disguised as a cap, Bakasura. Hmm? We heard about that. And as the as that chapter concluded, hmm, what did uh, Sugadev say? He said, so th this concludes the Bali Leela. Bali Leela means the Kumar Leela. That's such where the Kumar Leela. He's ready to move on. Hmm? But Parikshit Maharaj wants to know more about He's too excited about this. This is this is a new development. Again, he's moved now, as I said before, from Gokul Mahavan to Vrindavan, and he's actively and obviously actively involved in it, obviously the uh, the force behind very extraordinary things, dealing with this these type of offenders and so forth. Previously it wasn't clear that that he, that he really slayed uh, Putin, he just sucked her breast. You know, he didn't get up and break her neck or something like. That. So, so this is very. Pariksit Marsh become very enlivened by this, and um, he inquires in such a way that Sugadev is pressed to continue a further narrative of the last part of Krishna's Kumar Leela, which is huge, and has huge implications. But it would appear from the text, and we'll see it again today, that Sugadev is a little reluctant to, to go into it. It's like a huge, so many points. Hmm? And, uh, you know, if you sit and you you want to explain something to their, your student, you, you have to think, where do, where, where do I begin here? Where do I let off and so forth? But the enthusiasm of Pariksha, which is so much part of the equation of the Bhagavatam, there's the enthusiasm of of Parikshit Marsh to hear, which is so intense that having been cursed to die in seven days, he gave up food and drink for seven days. Hmm. I mean, it's impossible, hmm. practically speaking. So, but, it, but, it, and and he was he was drinking, and eating, and getting rest from the narrative of of Sukadev, and included all the other cantos too, hmm. not just the tenth canto. He was, he was living on this, right? Hmm. Which uh, speaks to his character, because the reason that he was cursed was it looked like he didn't have control of his temper. Because having come into the, the sage's ashram, he wasn't greeted properly. And the sage who was sitting in meditation, he garlanded him with a dead snake, with, to which his son, the sage's son, took exception and cursed the king. Which his father then said, "You shouldn't have done that." Hmm? And well, what's going on here? We see from the way in which he responded to the curse by accepting it as his fate, and then taking recourse to go to to give up his kingly duties, go to the bank of the Ganga, ask pertinent questions, hmm? and pay attention, as I'm mentioning, to the extent that he did with such control of his senses. That's extraordinary then how could he lose his temper? So the two things, they don't go together. And the latter, his, the measure of his control exceeds in measure and duration a moment of losing his temper. Therefore, we have to look at the losing of his temper as something arranged by Krishna, that, that he could become the listener who would draw out due to his, his, his interest hmm, and inquiring spirit all that was stored in Sukadev had been placed in his heart when he himself heard the Bhagavatam from Vyas. Hmm? 
you imagine he was a good listener too. And so to find a good listener as he does in Pariksit, well, this is it's very um, enthusing to Sukadev. So he doesn't n- perhaps know how far he can go, how, how interested he is, or, a, a, and he repeatedly inquires and and causes Sukadev to go further. So, so really, this Brahma Vimohan Leela, it might have remained untold, and it's complicated, hmm? too. How to explain it all? Hmm? But we owe, owe it to the inquiring spirit of Pariksit Marsh, in one sense, more than Sukadev. Because hmm? he in- wanted to come out. He wanted, let me hear more about this Kumar Leela, this last part. I want to hear every part. Hmm? This isn't the only thing that happened in Kumar Leela. It's going in a different direction now, and it's, it's very, uh, this is very interesting. Hmm? He's out in the forest. This is a whole new, it's a whole new section here. We're moving from his Kumar Leela's childhood, where his center of his love, Krishna's love, is his parents. That center is shifting now to his friends. So it's very significant. Parikshit's interested. So here, we come today to this uh, uh, final section where the inquiring spirit of Parikshit Maharaj again uh, comes, to the, comes to the fore. And we hear Rajan a jagaram charma Sukshma Brindabane Dputam Bajo Kasam Bahu Titam Babha Babhu Bakrida Gahabaram. Prabhupada gives this translation. I'll read it. O King Parikshit. Sukadev continuing his narrative. When the python shaped body of Agasur dried up into merely a big skin. Mm. You can see some dried up snake bodies here if you stay here long enough. It became a worshipable, or excuse me, a wonderful place for the cowherds to sport within for a long time. Now, he's trying to wrap, what, what Sugadev is trying to do is wrap up the discussion here now. Uh, Agasura has been liberated. Krishna's back with his friends. um, And he describes a very extraordinary thing. On top of the fact, that is, that Agasura was liberated, he attained a, 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 what's called Sarupya Mukti. This will come out a little bit more in a couple verses ahead. Sarupya Mukti is a type of Mukti. There are four types. We'll go into that, mm-hmm. but it's 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 uh, typically not a type of mukti that Krishna gives to uh, to the demons. He gives them a type, another type of mukti, sayuja, mm-hmm. rather than surupi. So we'll go into that uh, ahead. But besides that, mm-hmm. the body that he left behind, which is a material body. It was preserved and served the purpose that was uh, fulfilling of the original ambition of Krishna's friends to have a sporting place. What if it is a big python and he just lets us sport in there and we go deep inside and come out and 
you know, it sounds like a very exciting venture. Hmm? So they have this desire, and their desire will be fulfilled by Krishna. Desire amongst the associates of Krishna in Goloka is there. Some like mangoes, some like papayas amongst his friends. There are different varieties. But all of these desires are rising out of rasa. So they are all pleasing to Krishna. Through them, those desires of the individual devotees, Krishna experiences papayas and on that tongue and mangoes on that tongue and so forth. Mm. So it's not a realm without desire. It's a realm where desire is tied to the sarup shakti, which is functioning only for the pleasure of Krishna. Mm. Therefore, his devotees, like himself, are satisankalpa. Whatever they desire, it happens. Now, that's in a broader sense. Hmm? Um, because there will be instances where it looks like they wanted, gopis didn't want Krishna to leave, but he left. How is their desire fulfilled? Hmm? But I'm saying in the context of rasa. Hmm? Um, so, it, in contrast to this, of course, in material life, our will is tied to the maya shakti. And the more we become under the influence of the Maya Shakti, the more our will recedes to the background. And the more we begin to function like a robot, just carrying out activities that we've developed some scars for, impressions for, tendencies for, habits for, vasanas. And so th- those circumstances more or less dictate what we'll do. And, the, and very few people have a connection with their will to willfully change course. It's, it's, it's difficult. Hmm? But will is there, of course. It's, a, it's an aspect of the jiva. If that weren't the case, if we didn't have will, what would be the meaning of the scriptures that say, don't do this and do that? It's not talking to robots, hmm? right? So we have will, it's important, but but the more that we come out from under the influence of the Maya Shakti, the more the fact that we have will hmm, becomes prominent. And so much so that, well, we become Satyasankalpa. Whatever we want happens. Hmm. What we will only want hmm, in relation to the environment, which is the Sarup Shakti that's all pleasing to Krishna. Hmm. So, uh, they wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And this is one reason why the body was preserved, which is miraculous in itself, right? We're reminded, of course, in this instance, of the idea that while we will ultimately participate in Krishna's Leela in what's called a Siddha Rupa, uh, a spiritual meditative form, like a gopa or a gopi, we have a sadhaka deha, a practitioner's body. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned before, well, it's a little different than a material body because its senses are in touch with sense objects for the pleasure of Krishna. Not all the time. So there's a, there's a material side to it and a spiritual side to it. But the idea is that the spiritual will overtake the material in due course, which in effect would mean that the senses 
and the mind are only in touch with the outer objective world for the pleasure of Krishna. Hmm? And so for all intents and purposes, the sadhaka day becomes spiritual. Now, this is how do you how do we figure that? How do we understand that? I mean, the body dies. How is it spiritual? Well, this is an article of faith, but uh, it's mentioned in the scripture. But there are some examples by, by which we can maybe our, our, our faith can be captured a little bit more in this regard. As far as analogies go, Prabhupada used to like to give the analogy of the day of the meditative body in a meditative land. Hmm? You see, Goloka and the, the pastimes is a, is a samadhi. It's a meditation. Hmm? You do kirtan to go into that meditation. And you're living in that meditation. And inside of that meditation, you're doing kirtan. What kind of kirtan is that? In Goloka, there's kirtan also. Jai Ram, Jai Krishna. Hmm. <laughs> so, Prabhupada called, compared that to gold and the spiritualization of the sadhaka deya to a gold-plated box. So you might have gold and a gold-plated ornament. They, they serve the same purpose to a large extent. He gave that kind of example. Hmm. But there are more extreme uh, statements given in the scripture, like, for example, in relation to Dhruva Maharaj, a famous one. Hmm? Dhruva's exploits are described, I think, in the third canto, and in the long, in, in, in due course, he, he is uh, taken to Vaikuntha in his Sadaka Deha. So this is something kind of like a Catholic idea of transubstantiation, where in Catholicism, the blood, or the wine, <laughs> and the and the bread are turned into the blood and the body of Christ. And it's, a, it's, it's supposed to be a miracle, right? That's the way they look at it. So, so the material elements, there's a transubstantiation. They've turned into something spiritual. So the idea is there in other uh, traditions. And it's a prominent idea in Gaudiya Vaishnavism that the Sarup Shakti and take over the antakarna, the internal um, subtle body, and that will then dictate or you know, control the functions of the, uh, the, the physical body, and in that condition, and as I say, that body is functioning for all intents and purposes, a spiritual body. But most of them don't just take off with wings uh, at the time of, time of death. But the idea that their body has become spiritualized is one that is held uh, by the community of devotees such that instead of, for example, performing the crea cremation, which is tr traditionally the uh, part of the funeral rite in, in Hinduism, the body of the sadhu is entombed and that tomb is called a samadhi, and it becomes a place where you uh, go and sit, chant japa, and are, are able to commune, perhaps, with that person. With and you're now you're meditating on his or her sadaka deha, or you have pictures. Now we didn't have photographs in times gone by, but maybe some paintings. But now they have photographs of sadhus, so you keep them, hmm? and 
there must and you pray to them and they've passed away so we know they're in Golok let us say but here's their sadhaka deya it's got to be it's eternal too um, and you can get visitations from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur from Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada Bhaktivedanta Thakur said and Rupa Goswami appeared Sarup Damodar appeared before me and told me to write this book Bhagavat Arka Marichanimal hmm? the book of a th- taking a thousand verses from the Bhagavatam and categorizing them according to Sambandha Abhideya and Prayojana according to the conceptual orientation the action that follows and the goal that will be the result of that. Hmm? Uh, so there are there are many uh, such um, stories or revelations on the part of sadhus having visitations from them in their sadhaka dehas. So in some realm we think they are existing. Sometimes it's thought, well, they appear like that in Gorlila. Hmm. Typically, the Gorlila is thought to be uh, Swarup, that of a Brahmin boy. So, what's bigger the ladies then? What are we going to say to them about their Sadakadeya? So, how much that plays out, it's hard to, hard to say, but. <laughs> But regardless, you'll have a place there also. <laughs> so um, some explanations fall short. But uh, one of the points here that comes to mind that gives rise to the discussion we're having at the moment is, well, here we find a liberated person by the touch of Krishna and his body that was left behind was preserved. Hmm? It had no odor, it didn't decay, and it became a place of sporting for Krishna's friends. Hmm? And there are other, uh, there are other uh, examples of the sadhu passing and for some days uh, what do they call that? Rigor mortis not setting in and the body not deteriorating. And this is true even in different uh, lineages outside of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. There are some tellings like this, reports like this on the part of the disciples, and they kept his body for 30 days, there it was preserved, and this kind of thing. So there is, we shouldn't underestimate the power hmm, of bhakti and spiritual discipline to, to one extent or another, spiritualize the whole world, what to speak of our body. Hmm? Right? Yeah. After all, Maya Shakti is, is, is a shadow hmm, of the light of the Sarup Shakti. So if, if the light should shine in the dark area, well, there's no more darkness. Hmm? So there's an interesting relationship between the Sarup Shakti and the Maya Shakti. They're opposites. So opposites means some likeness is also there. If they're exactly opposite, then they're like, they're similar. Hmm? So there's a similarity between the Maya Shakti and the Sarup Shakti that's in terms of their, well, that that uh, the Tasta Shakti doesn't doesn't share. I mean, there's a similarity between the Tasta Shakti and, and the and the Sarup Shakti as well, but that's different. Hmm? So, f- for example, let me give you another example. We have Radha, hmm? we have Durga. 
And another name for Radha is Durga. Hmm. We have Yogamaya and Mahamaya. Sometimes probably give the example of electrical energy. It can cool or it can heat. Hmm. So you'll find this throughout the scripture. There's this similarity. So the idea of turning the darkness into light. Hmm. Something like that. Hmm. It's not... Uh, um, something to be uh, dismissed. Hmm? And with regard to the statement here in the Bhagavatam, therefore we have a reason to believe the body of the snake, the serpent, remained there for one year. Now he says for, for a long time, hmm? but now he'll go on from here and really um, perk the curiosity of Parikshit Maharaj even as he's trying to bring it to a, to a conclusion here, hmm? which Pariksit won't let him do, as we'll see. So Pariksit says, oh, well, he goes on, uh, uh, Sukadev, the this incident of Krishna saving himself and his associates from death and of giving deliverance to Agasura, who had assumed the form of a python, took place, Sukadev says, during Krishna's fifth year. Okay, we know, he's just reiterating, this is the last year of his Kumar, childhood Leela. It was disclosed in Braj, in the village, after one year, as if it had taken place at that time. Well, he just dropped the bomb here. Hmm. He's, trying, he's trying to get out of going further with it. Well, he just dropped the bomb. So this is another wonder in the mind of Prigshit Marsh. What? How could they keep a secret <laughs> for e of this kind for a year? And they're just young boys. Hmm? And they're so, this is an extraordinary exploit that, 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 they, that they experience today. And uh, 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 so many things we, we've heard about it. That, that They're prone to want to now immediately compose songs about it. Hmm? which is they're quite capable of doing, put it to music, sing it on the way back, tell it to the parents and, uh, and, uh, and others and so forth, and uh, whether they're believed or not, right? But they believe it. Hmm. These heroic pastimes of Krishna are very close to the, to the sakas. When they see his heroism, that's an udipana that stimulates their sakyabhav. Hmm. So uh, it won't act the same way for Yasoda. Hmm. Oh, yeah. it won't, for the gopis, they'll think, "Wow, he's the, the man of my dreams, a hero." Hmm. But the coward boys, in particular, <laughs> get excited and they think, "Yeah, we can do that too," and they can. Hmm. Any one of these coward boys could have easily defeated uh, Agasura, but the Leela Shakti doesn't allow them to, so that the divinity of Krishna in the midst of his human pastimes can be brought out mm, for our attention. Of course, he wants to bring out the divinity of all the boys as well, but um, that in relation to Krishna. They are constituted of his own internal energy, so they can't be overcome by the Maya Shakti. Mm. Brahma doesn't know that. He doesn't know that he's going to come in and see the very personifications of the love that is his ideal 
and not understand them for what they are, what their power is, and how it exceeds all of the magical powers that Brahma has, which are considerable, but mundane. Hmm. So, as I say, now, Sugadev has just dropped the bomb, and Pariksit Mars's mind starts starts to explode. So there's no way that this conversation or this discussion is going to be closed down. He is going to want to know. <laughs> uh, but he but he tries to continue on rather quickly. It's like if you're in a football game and you throw the pass and it looks like somebody caught it, maybe he stepped out of bounds, maybe he didn't. And so the the coach on one side has the opportunity to question the call. Was it a catch or was it out of bounds? So the other team quickly, the team that did the play quickly lines up and tries to run another play before he can throw the flag because once the other plays start, then you can't go back and look at it. So this is what Sugadev, he wants to go on here quickly. He just, uh-oh, what did I just say? And let me say something more and just push this thing forward. <laughs> before flag of Prickship Marsh would come out. What the heck <laughs> was that? So, uh, so Sugadev continues, this incident of Krishna kill, saving himself and his associates, uh, oh, this, I'm sorry, he said, he said, he continues, he says, what? Well, uh, Krishna is the cause of all causes. And the causes and effects of the material world, both higher and lower, are all created by the Supreme Lord, this original controller. When Krishna appeared as the son of Nanda, he's talking, now Krishna's appeared as the son of Nanda. I know he looks just like a boy, uh, ordinary cowherd boy. Uh, well, he says, this happened by his maya. Hmm? Um, means by his internal, by his yoga maya. Hmm? And consequently for him to exhibit unlimited powers, well, hmm, um, it's not a wonderful thing. He has those powers. Really, what's more wonderful is that he's appearing as an ordinary boy. That's more wonderful. As I say, the powers are the subset of his madhurya. Hmm? That such a powerful person would position himself such that he could interact with you as if one of you, hmm? one of us, that is the wonder of wonders. Hmm? The wonder of wonders. That's why I say in Braj, there's more, more Aishvarya. Aishvarya is the Madhurya. Hmm? If you think about it, that is extraordinary. Hmm? Super extraordinary. But he's saying here, well, it looks like he did something wonderful, but it's not, you know, if you know who he is. Yeah, he's the son of Nanda, but such is his power, this is who he is. He's now by his yoga maya. He's giving some f theology by his yoga maya. He's appearing like this, but he is the, the supreme, use like Prabhupada's phrase, the supreme personality of Godhead. Hmm? Consequently, for him to exhibit unlimited opulence is not a wonderful thing. Indeed, he showered his great mercy uh, such that Agasur, even Agasur, as we've seen, most sinful miscreant, whose very name means sin, was elevated to being, this is Prabhupada's translation, one of the associates, achieving Sarupya of Krishna, of Narayan, achieving Sarupya Mukti, which is impossible for contaminated persons to attain. So here the word, words, um, 
Prapta-atma, samyam in the verse. Prapta, prapta means attained. Atma-samyam, oneness, likeness, samya, likeness. His atma achieved likeness with Bhagwan, hmm? with God. Hmm? So now, based on this, uh, these words here in the verse, then one can make a case for Bhagasura attaining Sarupya Mukti rather than Sayuja Mukti, which is the normal course for most, not all, of the uh, demons that Krishna liberates. Putana got something more. Hmm? That's why to revert back to one of our to revert back to one of our introductory lectures, we were talking about the Brahma Vimohan Lila and how some people don't accept it. Hmm? as being, or think of it as interpolation, they think the same about the, the verses that talk about the liberation of Putana in terms of her attaining a form of Vatsalya Bhav. They just couldn't, they just couldn't, they couldn't digest it. Hmm? So here Prabhupada follows the lead of Vishwanath Chakvatitako, who agrees, and Baldev Vijibhushan also, that, that Krishna, that, that Krishna gave Agasura Sarupya Mukti rather than Sayuja. Sayuja is like, well, who wants it anyway from the Gaudiya point of view? It's not for devotees. Sayuja means to merge into Brahman. There's no rasa there. And it's possible from there, even beyond that, from, from Shantarasa, by Krishna's grace or through Sadhusanga, for someone to move out of there and go to Dasirasa. It's possible. I mean, it would be a rare occasion. Um, more likely it refers to in this world, in that preoccupation as a Jiva Mukta, Jiva Mukta, aspiring for Brahma Sayuja by good association, you could go beyond even Shantaras to Dasaras. Uh, but a, a, at any rate, that's not desirable for the devotees because there's no service there. Now the interesting thing, of course, about Sarupi Mukti and Salokya and Sharsti and Samipya hmm, is that these cowherds, they're not interested in that kind of, those four types of liberation either. Goodness. Mm -hmm. So these types of liberation, they pertain to Vaikuntha. Now you might say, well, wait a minute. One of these types of liberation is, is Salokya, living on the planet of God. Aren't the coward boys living on the planet of God? Not in their minds. So if it's not, if they're not thinking that, then they're, they're not experiencing that type of liberation because the experience of Salokya is, I'm living on the planet of God. Oh my God. Hmm? Now, living on the planet of God sounds pretty interesting, but it's like the idea of, I'm living under the auspices and the reign of a benevolent dictator. A benevolent dictator is arguably a better form of government than democracy. Democracy is, is, is obviously uh, troublesome in that, uh, well, everybody doesn't think right. <laughs> and, uh, for, and, for, and often the majority of people will, 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 will get it wrong, if you will, and be uh, less well thought out, less well educated, less able to make a wise uh, exercise a wise opinion. So it, it can be very problematic. Now, it's very much appreciated today and and 
and, and we appreciate it. It gives us certain religious freedoms and so forth and other freedoms compared to dictatorships that aren't benevolent, which is more the norm. But there's this idea in Hinduism of Ram Raja, the kingdom of Ram, that God came as a king in the form of Ram to show, among, among other things, as a byproduct of his giving, interacting with his devotees in, in Bhakti Rasa, a, p a perfect political system. The king should be the representative of God. Hmm? That doesn't mean he just has the powers of God, but he has the benevolence, beneficence, the kindness, the fairness. Hmm? This Kshatriya is not just some kind of guy carrying a gun, you know. I want to be a Kshatriya. <coughs> uh, I, we, we, we have met some devotees like that. I've said before, that they really like Nishringadev, so they get real angry and stuff. I would tell them, if you really like Nishringadev, the then you should be like Prahlad. Mm -hmm. Very, very gentle. He had no weapons. He gave no opposition even to, his, to the uh, offenses and the way he was physically mentally abused by his father. He just depended on Krishna, who then showed himself as Nishinga, given the circumstances. So, the kings are known in, 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 in well, Ram, for example, was known not for his military arts, which were there, he had them, and Lakshman and so forth, but for the way he reigned and everybody loved him and he was f fair, dutiful, dharmic in all respects, and so forth. Well, you know, it, it's impossible to find such a person, um, political figure today. So, um, but, the, um, um, how did we get there? Salokia. Um, so the idea is like, well, imagine if you were living on Earth in the in in, in the perfect, under a perfect benevolent benevolent dictator, godlike, so it would be very nice. Now you'd have your own life and you'd be a perfect citizen. You'd want to follow all the laws because all the laws made sense and they were fair and just and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily uh, living in the, in the palace with the king, that you're in his court. Hmm? So people can have sami, sam, Salokya, live on the planet of God. I live in Vaikuntha. The Lord here is Narayan. Everything's wonderful. Hmm. And some people desire that type of liberation and practice bhakti for that end. Hmm. But that end is not prem. Prem is another thing. Hmm. Prem is without the desire for sarupya, salokya, sarsti, or samipya. Sarsti means to have the same opulence. Salokya means to live on the same planet. Sarupya means to have a form like Narayan's. And uh, Samipya means to be even close to him, like a personal attendant. In, in the, so there may be a gradation there. But none of these four types of liberation um, are, uh, as goals under themselves, goals that constitute prem. Hmm? They're, what is Jiva Goswami? Sukha. Sukaishvaryu. So it's a desire for the happiness of that kind of majesty. Sukha means happiness. Sukaishvaryu. 
to have the happiness, the joy of that type of godliness. To live on the same planet, to have a form like his. Now, they love Narayan, but what Prem is, that's another thing that they don't have. Now, there are other people in Vaikuntha hmm, who are there because they have desire for Prem of Narayan. That kind of Prem. Hmm, so, they've done the sadhana again. The practice, the way corresponds with the, with what you will attain. So their goal is to is to love Narayan, and they will inevitably accept these forms of mukti because they're part of the service that they want to render in the way they want to uh, love Narayan. So that is a secondary thing to them. Hmm? So that's a kind of prem in Bhakti. Now, it's not referred to as Prem by anybody except us, Godias. And this is an insight of Jiva Goswami from the Godia Sampradaya. What you will hear from a Vaikuntha Sampradaya hmm, is, well, they attain Mukti. And they probably don't go into too much detail, but the Godias, <laughs> they're going into detail about different statuses within by Kuntha. You can get there by bhakti mixed with karma. That's not easy. Don't think that's easy. Bhakti mixed with karma hmm, means with varnashram hmm, mixed. You can go there. Not easy to do, but you can. Bhakti mixed with gyan, you can go. Hmm. The pure bhakti, well, that, that is, that's another thing. Then praying. We call it praying. Hmm? And differentiate. Now you want to go to Goloka. That's another thing. Hmm. That is a, that that is Prem fully expressed. It doesn't even look like Mukti. It looks the opposite of Mukti. Aprakrita. Prakrita means the world. Hmm? Aprakrita. Hmm? It doesn't. It doesn't look like. It looks like attachments. Hmm? They're all attached to their village, to their cows, to their houses, to their friends, to, to, and, and all t attached to Krishna. Hmm. And uh, they're just in, involved in what appears to be samsara. It looks like samsara. So difficult to understand. Hmm. And in samsara you have all these kinds of prem, right? Hmm. Romantic love, servile love, romantic uh, parental love, uh, friendly love, so on. Mm. And they're all there in Goloka. And the, 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 all of these types of liberation, Samipya, Salokya, Shasti, Sarupya, they, they are, they are an impediment to attaining the Prem that is our ideal. So these are, these are, Jiva Goswami says, these are special devotees of Govinda. He describes in Bhakti Rasa in his commentary. Special devotees of Govinda, they there have a different ideal altogether. Hmm. So here we find, nonetheless, a devotional type of mukti, if you will, in Vaikuntha, where there is interaction between Narayan and the devotee, 
it's called Sarupi Mukti has been given to um, Agasura rather than than um, uh, uh, what is it called Brahma Sayuja Sayuja this is so undesirable for the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sayuja they said well, we'd rather go to hell than there because in hell we, maybe we get out and become a devotee <laughs> but there you merged in Brahman for all intents and purposes and that just sit there forever quiet hmm. Hmm. I think uh, someone is what is it was that verse mm-hmm. Akasha Pushpaya Kaivalyam Narakayate while heaven is like flowers in the sky which don't really grow there it's just an imaginary thing practically from our perspective Kaivalya in the Advaitin sense Brahma Sayuja that's like hell Hmm. we don't want either of those things Hmm. we so much don't want Sayuja we'd rather be in hell that's what? That's liberation, you know. We'd rather be in hell because there's a chance there for so better chance for getting association, and you're going to get out at some point. But when you enter into Brahma Sutra, what what's the opportunity for Bhakti Rasa? It's it's next to nil. We we sometimes describe it as a spiritual suicide. So for the demons that Krishna kills to be liberated and go there, well, you know, we, as we say, hey, even demons go there. So who cares for the people who practice <laughs> yoga and gyan to, to go there, you know? It's another way, way of our saying, we don't think too highly of those paths. We're not very interested in them, I should say. Hmm. So, so anyway, so for uh, Agasura to achieve Sauja, Sauja, or Sarupya, well, that's even more extraordinary. Hmm? And as Sukadev said, you know, there are different opinions, but Prabhupada has gone, as I say, with Vishwana Chakpati Thakur's opinion, that of Balade Bidibhusan. And it's, um, there's room for a couple of opinions that could be supported in different ways. Pick which one you like. Hmm? We like this one. And it, it, it serves to emphasize um, the extraordinariness of the Leela, that much more to punctuate it in one hand, because it's a superior form of liberation, if you will. And, as I've said before, it also serves to be serves as an introduction to the main philosophical point of the whole Brahma Vimohan Leela, which is Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, because if if he attained sayuja, hmm, which is a form of mukti in Vaikuntha, by entering into Krishna, then Vaikuntha must be inside of Krishna. Hmm. But you won't find Krishna in Vaikuntha. <laughs> you look for him there. It looks similar in Orion, but no, he's not carrying a flute. Hmm. Maybe he'll show it to you and tell you, talk to Nard, he'll get you out of here. Hmm. Get the out of Bhakuntha, where it sends you where you where you belong. Somehow you come here on the way. Hmm? So Bhakuntha is inside of Krishna, but Krishna is not in Bhakuntha. Hmm? He says that. Naham Bhakuntha Tishtami. Yoginam Hridayeshuva. I'm not in Bhakuntha, he said. I'm not in the heart of yogis, uh, the yogis, but. Wherever my kirtan of my name is going on, 
there I'm present. And this is the method of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Goloka Premodan, Harinam Sankirtan. That comes from Goloka, not from Vaikuntha. It comes from Goloka. And through that medium of Nam Sankirtan, the Prem, Premadhan, the wealth of love of Goloka has come into the world. They've come, Krishna and Balaram, as Gore and Nityananda. And this is their method, the method to their madness. Hmm? Very desirable madness. So I want to try to get to the conclusion of this section. Let me move on here. Even once, if even once, Sukadeva says, or even by force, one brings Krishna into one's mind, one can attain a supreme salvation by Krishna's mercy, as did Agasura. What then to be said of those whose hearts um, the Supreme Personality of God enters when he appears as an incarnation? Hmm. So what Sugadeva is saying here basically is even if through meditation you can partially remember Krishna, it will be effective. Hmm? So that shouldn't be wonderful then what has occurred here because Krishna is personally present in his Leela for everyone to see, even for Agasura to see. Hmm? And he entered into his body. So this is pretty extreme compared to like trying to keep Krishna in the mind by the force of meditation or a spiritual discipline, hmm? difficult to do. Gopis, of course, are trying to get Krishna out of their mind. That's how much the Mahi's on their mind. They're struggling to forget about him, hmm? that unfaithful lover. Hmm? What kind of what kind of samadhi is that, right? So anyway, this is his point that the circumstances were such that here he's personally present. So. We should expect something super wonderful would happen because just remembering him a little bit can free you from all sins hmm, and give you deliverance. It's possible. Hmm. Yet some acharyas have written a comment on this verse as to it's something I mentioned the other day um, that putting Krishna on your mind is difficult. You can do it partially, but you could stand before the stone representation of Krishna in the form of the deity hmm. and serve him hmm, just like he's right there. And if you do that, well, you'll understand. He's right there. Because you say, could you add a little salt there? Then you're in big trouble. Hmm? People ask why that he doesn't talk to you. Talk, talk to you. Talk to us. Well, if you did, you'd be in trouble. Then you wouldn't be able to do anything else. Because yeah, I want this, I want that, I want that. Get this, get that. Hmm. We're not ready for him to talk to us yet. But once he does, then hmm, he does. So the, that form of the Lord... Um, is given emphasis then because by meditating on it and engaging in his service with all of the senses which is practical like we do for ourselves we need to put ourselves to bed we need to brush our teeth we need to take a bath we need to have cook eat dress so do all those things for Krishna all of your senses are engaged this gives a great potential for the mind then to be absorbed hmm, more readily than just sit down, chant, meditate. Well, it's difficult. Hmm. 
So it has the power to be more consuming, and as a result of that cons consuming of oneself, the mind can stop hmm? and be fixed, and one can find what this is all about. Experience readily have uh, the, uh, the reciprocal bliss from serving, and then sit down and chant until the mind wants, and then go back, back and serve. Hmm? I remember go visiting the the a temple near Bunki Bihari in Vrindavan where the descendants and disciples of Raghunath Bhatta Goswami resided. Hmm. And Raghunath Bhatta Goswami was famous for his re reciting of the Bhagavatam, different tunes for the pleasure of Mahaprabhu and for cooking at the Radha in the temple. So anyway, I went there. And there they were, a few couple of ladies and a couple of brahmacharis and sannyasis. And they, what they did is they sat in the temple and they chanted Arti came, they put everything down, the Darti, went back and chanted. Some service for the deity, they'd go for that. And not, no service for the deity, they said, and chant. Now more sir, another Arti, two of them need to cook, one need to clean, and back and chanting. That's what they did all day long, like this. It was very inspiring. So, the point, this point is being made here that, well, if a little meditation on Krishna can result in something wonderful, what to speak if he enters into your body and he's right there in front of you. Hmm. So now, suddenly, Sutta Goswami comes on the scene. Sutta Goswami is narrating the conversation between Parikshit Maharaj and Sugadev. So something's happened here. Hmm. Sutta Goswami said, O learned saints, the childhood pastimes of Krishna are very wonderful. Maharaj Parikshit, after hearing those pastimes of Krishna, who had saved him from the womb previously, uh, uh, when he was in his mother's womb, became steady in his mind and again inquired from Sukadev to hear about further about these activities. So Sudha is saying that the Prichard's not letting Sukadev get, you know, end the conversation here. Um, he is, um, has his heritage is mentioned, his special position being favored by Krishna even within the womb, so he's not an ordinary devotee, and he's the ideal, you know, disciple or listener, inquirer. And Sukadev's intervening here, Sutta's intervening here, entering in the conversation, because now, really what's happened is, well, He's going to explain that the Raj is going to ask him, you know, how can this have happened? How can this have happened on, ended up this day? And the boys didn't talk about it for a whole year. And when they did talk about it, they talked about it as it just happened then. What's this all about? Tell me more. And this is what causes Sugadev to pass out. He loses external consciousness. And he's losing external consciousness because his mind is going to the answer of the question of Raj Parikshit in which there are two very extraordinary manifestations of Aishvarya, one arising out of the preem of Krishna for his friends, the other out of his love for his sadaka, Brahma, whom he wants to teach a, 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 a very significant lesson of tattva that will be a building block for his developing Sakyabhav. And how Krishna did that, his mind has gone there. And first, to the picnicking of Krishna, 
Hmm? Where Krishna will also show some extraordinary Vaishvarya out of Prem for those boys. And he passes out at the thought of what's to come and how he will possibly uh, talk about it. Hmm? So, um, so then Sud said, well, with, with great difficulty, the, to be brief, the, uh, his consciousness was revived. Commander just said, Nard began to kirtan, and it's a big event. Bring, bring Sukadev to external consciousness. And having come to his, back to external consciousness, well then, uh, we enter into the next chapter and there'll be a couple introductory verses and then the story will continue. Brahma Vimohan Lila Ki Jai Sukadev Gosami Ki Jai Raj Parikshit Maharaj Ki Jai Sutta Gosami Ki Jai Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara Ki Jai Tauji Gopal Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanandi Haribo Guru Maharaj